the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, last program of uh, 2022. And we're going to be doing uh, some uh, best of, uh, play some uh, play some uh, replays uh, on this program and also uh, on Monday, and then on Tuesday, we'll be back live. So uh, we'll, we'll, Happy New Year, first of all. Happy, Happy New Year. May 2023 be blessed uh, in ways that you cannot even see right now. I hope it is, and I uh, will be rooting for all our listeners and everybody um, to be a very blessed. So what you need to know, it's time for a couple predictions. I, you know, I did an interview show, and I talked for a long time about different predictions. I talked about how I think immigration, the problem of illegal immigration, will burst into the uh, American scene in a way it hasn't before. I talked about how the pro-life battles are not going away. Uh, I think that those pr- those predictions are pretty sound, um, that they will in terms of policy issues. But I, I, I wanted to kind of um, pull back and make um, two observations. One, um, 2023 will be, be a year of distrust and verify. Distrust and verify. You've heard me using that phrase. Pardon me. You've heard me using that phrase over and over again in the last few weeks. And I'm echoing, of course, Ronald Reagan, who was echoing actually a Russian uh, a proverb, a maxim that the Russians used in their own culture. Uh, Ronald Reagan, of course, said trust and verify, distrust and verify. Here's what I want to tell you. 2023 will be a profound year of distrust. We are seeing more and more things exposed that will make us distrustful. And and it's terrible, really. Um, it has to do with everything from federal law enforcement uh, to um, how uh, some of the markets have been run, uh, economics, you know, spending, all kinds of things we're seeing laid bare. And distrust and verify will be the operating. Uh, pr- and and I, I think it will become uh, and I, this will get to my second prediction. It will become the thing that people are most afraid of is that they distrust the government. And that fear is a great motivator, right? It's a great persuader. It gets people motivated. And so that gets me to the second thing that's going on. One of the realities of the current world we live in is that fear sells. And by that, I mean that clickbait sells or crisis sells or uh, trauma sells. And if you go back in time, uh, maybe to the 80s, probably the 80s, it was just starting. Um, CNN had started and you were getting uh, more talk radio that was uh, quicker uh, edged. Uh, you know, Rush Limbaugh came in the late 80s. But CNN's a good, a good a touchstone for this. CNN started covering everything 24 hours a day. Instead of waiting for Walter Cronkite or uh, later Peter Jennings or or those folks to come, Tom Brokaw, to come on at 7 p.m. or 6 p.m. or whatever in the evening to get your half an hour of news, you got it 24 hours a day. Flash forward to today, and for the maybe the last 15 years, you're getting 24 hours a day all the time all over the place, you know, in, in terms of the Internet. But what's happened in the last five years is that the uh, the shift has been towards create, as I mentioned before, create a crisis, cover the crisis, monetize the crisis. 
And so the incentive is for the newsmaker, excuse me, the news reporters, the people who are supposed to report the news to become the newsmakers. And that incentive is now baked into the business model. And so you can go back to follow the money, but so, and it plays out really obviously. So here's my point. 2023 is going to be a time where there's a lot of distrust. I think you're going to see the Republican House dig into some things that are going to give us more reason to distrust government. I think that the Democrats are going to still are going to find ways and issues to talk about that are going to make you think, oh, boy, I don't trust those guys in power either. And and there's going to be a lot of distrust and verify. Distrust and verify will be our motto. But part of the problem is. That's what the, the, the money makers, that, that's how you can make money is create a crisis. And so you're going to see crisis creation and it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It will start to become political, meaning Biden versus Trump or Trump versus DeSantis in the primary, however you want to see it. But in 2023, there's just going to be this continued frenzy of drama and crisis. And it's exhausting. And as we see, say, the Twitter uh, expose, you know, as, as Elon Musk has made that clear, people are more and more disgusted with that, but they're still engaged. Uh, uh, TikTok. I don't know if you know, I think I mentioned this on, uh, on the program the other day. I was watching one of the football games, one of the bowl games, and the halftime program was sponsored by TikTok. That's the Chinese communist regime sponsoring our football games at, at, uh, at New Year's Eve time. And my point is that TikTok is more popular than ever. It's consumed more uh, rapidly than ever. It's to the detriment of the country, but it's also going to become, there's going to be lots of crises to cover. There will be crises, you know, uh, there'll be murder, there'll be mayhem, there'll be, uh, uh, there'll be, uh, drag queen story hours. And the danger that I see among others, uh, you know, the, the, the fake news is bad enough is it's exhausting and people are more and more alone and exhausted. And just in the last few weeks, I have had the experience very intentionally of, of setting up a chance to visit with some buddies for just a half an hour. In one case, it turned into an hour. In another case, it turned into 45 minutes. But the idea was I said to a buddy of mine twice, hey, let's get together. One time it was, let's go get a cup of coffee. Another time it was, hey, why don't you come by the, the house? I got one of these uh, fire logs I'm burning and I, I you know, I, I know you, you, we, we enjoy sitting around. And so in both cases, I had these one-on-one -on -one interactions with buddies of mine that I've known for a while. One guy I've known for decades, another guy I've known for years, but I hadn't seen a lot of, in the case of the guy I knew for decades, hadn't seen in, in him in a couple of years. But the other guy I saw recently, but not, 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 and just hung out. And it was intentional that I had to go and create these moments that were, I left my cell phone away. I actually, in both cases, I put my cell phone away. I didn't mention it. I just did it. And I have an Apple Watch, but I didn't look at it. I had it go, and the, and the other person, just by nature of the dynamic, didn't either. Here's what we got to do. If my prediction is right, that we're going to see more and more distrust, it's going to make us more and more unhappy. We're going to see more and more things about the spending and the, you know, uh, Joe Biden on the last days of the year signed a $1.7 trillion budget deal. There's more dog meat in that than ever. It's going to make us crazy. And we're going to have the media. We're going to have the activists. We're going to have the classes of people who care. Some of them guys I like, Adam Andrzejewski and Open the Books, they're going to find that stuff. They're going to tell us how bad it is. They're going to, and, and it's going to be on all sides. And we're going to have a, a, the more trouble with the federal law enforcement, more concerns about the wars. We're not going to be able to track the hundred billion plus dollars that went to Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera. And then the media is going to make every crisis something to cover. 
drama and clickbait and all the rest. And it's exhausting. And here's my other prediction. If we can find ways to change that dynamic, we will actually start to see through it. And we won't fall for it the same way. It's a little bit like when you meet someone who's more mature. And you, when you're, you know, I, I'm aware of this because my kids are, te- I got two teenagers, three teenagers and one 10 year old. And you see, as they start to change, you suddenly see like they, they just, they, they've kind of caught on to life a little more. You see with older people, it, it, it's kind of, I think it's called maturity, right? You can call what it, what you want. But if we can get past falling for the fake news, the narrative machine, the the hoaxes and see through it a little bit not everybody's going to do it there's going to be still people that are sort of trapped in it but we can keep our sanity and we can build and cultivate communities of folks who we want to be with could be our family could be our friends could be people that aren't aligned with us completely politically a lot of times it is but right but i mean it's hard to be around somebody who's kind of rabidly pro-abortion say if you're pro-life it doesn't work too well i mean sometimes you can do it but my point is finding these communities and cultivating in-person time i think is going to be transformational people are hungering for it and if it's if the opportunity and the mindset opens up it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. It's going to be really special. It's going to be a kind of renewal. Now, I happen to think that renewal will include a religious awakening, spiritual awakening, reawakening, but not for everybody, not in the same way, but at least initially something that gets you face to face with another human being instead of screen to screen, instead of suffering from screen apnea. I don't know if you've heard that. You start to breathe differently when you're looking at screens. And people actually are diagnosed with screen apnea. Your body is 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 breathing in oxygen and and oxygenating itself worse because you're looking at screens. That's just an example. So that's the challenge. There's lots of inside predictions we could talk about nitty gritty. Uh, but let me finish and uh, what you need to know today on talking about these two, these uh, two big predictions and then uh, and then what I hope will uh, change and and to 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 you know to restate it. Uh, we're going to have more distrust than ever, but we have to verify. We have to make the second step. And then we're going to be fed a crisis all the time. Those two predictions, I think, are baked in. The third one, my prediction is, let's do something different. Let's change it. And I finish by saying this. If you look around you, you'll see one, two, three, four, five. I don't know. In my case, I've probably got five or ten, five or seven people who are such quality people. I want to spend time with them. And that's around all of us. That's just a given. In the image and image likeness of God, they're all around us. And that's what we have to strive for. And that's a great gift. And... We're still in a country, albeit with limitations, where we can actually spend time together like that. All right, that's what you need to know. Happy New Year, everybody. Be right back. Ed Martin on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to check in with our friend, uh, Ted Malik, who's got a very interesting piece. Advent is here is the title. Actually, the title is It's Coming. The file says Advent is here. And uh, so first of all, and as we get ready for uh, uh, Christmas uh, in a couple of days, this is a good start. So, uh, Ted, welcome back. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, thanks to you and 
to all our friends out there who are listening. Well, um, so how how did you write this one? I mean, I, I was going to say, well, you know, uh, uh, Ted Malik's written uh, dozens of books and he's written columns and he writes on heavy topics and all. But you've written on uh, literature, you've written on faith, so it's not new for you. But uh, tell me about this one. Tell me what uh, what where you got going with this and uh, and what it means. Well, I, I think that. Um, Increasingly, uh, we are overwhelmed with the commerciality and secularism of shopping. And Christmas is about what I call Santaism, uh, (laughs) instead of pondering the true meaning of what awaits us, uh, the literal meaning of Advent, which is the Mass that we celebrate on Christ's birth. So, you know, you go back to the um, Latin Adventus, which means coming, uh, and, and it marks a time in the, in the church calendar. Uh, it, it's, we're still in the middle of Advent, you know, <laughs> until Chris, late Christmas Eve. And it's a period of preparation. Uh, what are we preparing for the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ at Christmas? So. Uh, there are three anticipations, really, in this coming of Christ, three different perspectives. Uh, it's helpful to re- remind ourselves of each of them. One is, of course, the picture we have in all the Christmas cards, stamps, the reality, you know, Luke's gospel, the physical nativity born of a virgin in a manger in Bethlehem, a real occurrence. Christ was born. The second is, of course, what happens when Christ is received in the hearts of any believer. It's... Uh, it's an advent in its own right. And then finally, you know, for those believers, there's an eschatological anticipation of Christ coming again, the so-called second coming. So, you know, we just need to be still and listen. This is hard to do in our busy and, uh, you know, uh, complicated world. Ted, Ted, I want to ask you the observation, though. Um, but, you know, the second paragraph of this piece, we're talking with Ted Malik, and as it's called, it's coming about Advent. Um, <laughs> Put away all the noise and clutter, all the commerciality and secularism of shopping and Santaism, and instead ponder anew the true meaning of what awaits us. So my question is, um, with the benefit of, uh, of uh, years, as you have, and that, therefore perspective, is it worse now or is it different now? Is it is the clutter? Um, you know, I was thinking of a phrase, Ted, uh, the famous book is how to win friends and influence uh, others, influence people. And I was thinking yeah. uh, I was thinking that the phrase should be how to make noise and influence people, because I don't know if you're making friends, just make noise and see if you can persuade. But um, is it worse now? Or is it different now? Is it is it just uh, always an original problem, even though it's the problem? is similar yeah i think it's gotten far far worse um uh you know if everyone could just go into a room or a chapel or an office i don't care a quiet place and you know ponder even for an hour uh the true meaning of christmas we you know we have a different result and and there's times in our lives when we experience that you know I, i go back and think of the lessons and carols, you know, my Anglican and uh, Episcopalian churches growing up, preparing us for Christmas. I remember once a church service sung completely in German in Toronto on a snowy night. Hmm. Uh, you know, you, you have these mem- remembrances of, um, of of Christmas. Those are almost gone. I'm, you know, it saddens my heart to say that we've been overwhelmed. Now, 
you know, in, in America, we still have believers. In, in places like Britain and Canada now, um, the faith is so eroded that only 2 or 3% of people actually go to church regularly. And I think in Britain, they said now about 30% of people would name themselves Christians. Um, we're talking with Ted Malik. Ted, I was looking at a, a Christmas Eve column Phyllis Schlafly wrote in 1982. It opens with a commemoration of the religious feast of Christmas reminds us to be grateful that we live in a nation that officially recognizes the birth of Christ by a national holiday. It gives us a chance to recall that our American heritage is religious, not secular, and that the foundation of our governmental institutions is a proclaimed togetherness of God and his people. One more line. The Declaration of Independence, the Northwest Ordinance, George Washington's Farewell Address, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, our coins, our Pledge of Allegiance to the Flag, military congressional chaplains, oaths of office, oaths by witnesses in court, and more than a 100 presidential proclamations of Thanksgiving, all are proof of the close intertwining of our American heritage with reliance on God. 1982. So here we are. December 2022, still true? Well, it's still true because, you know, it's historical fact. Uh, does it ring true in the hearts of American citizens any longer? And I'm afraid to say year by year, it rings less true. Uh, some people actively want to dismiss that. You know, many on the left are anti-religious. Uh, there's less religious uh, tolerance anymore. And, um, yeah, some people have, quote, given up the faith, so we can pray that they return to that. The uh, We're talking again with Ted Malik, And, all right, so um, so here we are, and I'm looking again at the piece, and, you and you know, in here you you are, you are refer to uh, poetry, that can, Ralph uh, Vaughn Williams, and uh, at length you quote from that. Uh, you, you link to uh, English choir. Um, mm-hmm. I heard you refer just now to uh, religious services. It, it, what's the pa- what's the best path back? Is it um, individualized ex- uh, expressions of the of the right priorities? You know, you, you talked about getting a room for an hour and just think and, and be silent. Um, is it um, is there a movement that has to happen amongst I don't know American people or people in general? What, what's your thoughts on how you how you um, remedy this? Well, all the above. I mean, the things you've just mentioned are, are very, uh, very important. I, I do think that faith is, of course, a personal decision so that, you know, we each have to turn our hearts and incline them um, towards the Savior. And, uh, yeah, Ralph Vaughn Williams, uh, as I said, put it best, and that's, it's a wonderful poem. That was, in fact, itself turned into a traditional English uh, um, uh, Christmas um, carol. And I, I, on YouTube, I, I, in my article, I, you know, I allow people to see that it's a beautiful tradition. Uh, you know, I, I think reading is 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 very important. Psalms, uh, Isaiah, you know, Old Testament readings that prepare us in, in prophetic ways for the coming of Christ, and then of course the gospel itself. I personally still uh, light the candles of faith uh, over the four successive weeks uh, of Advent. The first is purple, showing hope. Second is purple, showing love. Uh, the third is pink, and of course represents joy and Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the final candle that we light on Christmas Eve is white. It speaks to the peace um, that Christ brings. Uh, I think we have to have these acts, these 
acts of faithfulness, even if uh, fewer and fewer people are engaged. It's um, it's so are you I asked earlier, I had a, a different guest on a, 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 um, a kind of entrepreneur, social entrepreneur running a nonprofit. And I, I asked this, uh, are you he, I asked him and I'll ask you, are you hopeful? Yeah, I think I don't think you can help but be hopeful that that's uh, <laughs> Christ's entrance into the world, uh, you know, designates. So we know from where we came, we know how to live. And I guess some people are very surprised when I say this. I have uh, no fear of death. Uh, you know, I know where I'm going and it's to an eternal life in, in the kingdom of heaven. So um uh, am I hopeful about, uh, you know, worldly things, about success, about American politics, about, uh, you know, the economy next year? Well, I have an article coming out. Oh, <laughs> here we go. The tease. At the right, end the of the yep. year, which I'll be very pleased to share with you. It's very controversial. I'm writing it's called 13 Predictions for the Next Year. Excellent. Excellent. That's <laughs> good. All right. Good. That is, uh, that's, that people love that. All right. All right, Ted. Well, listen, thank you for writing this one. Uh, it's coming. Advent is here. And uh, Ted Malik, uh, we appreciate you and uh, wish you a very blessed uh, Christmas to you and your family. Thank you. Thanks, and God bless. Uh, God bless you. We'll take a break, everybody. Come back. Uh, very good piece, thoughtful piece. Uh, we'll be right back. Ed Martin on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's been a little bit of a while, while since we caught up with uh, my friend John Zadrozny, and uh, we have to check in with him. America First Legal is where he uh, it hangs his hat and is working. Uh, so welcome back, John. How are you? I'm great, Ed. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor. Well, it's good to have you back on. So these stories slip by so quickly. And I, one of the things I wanted to uh, ask you about is um, you're, uh, we're talking about John Zadrozny again, by the way, Deputy Director of Investigations over at America First Legal, uh, AFLegal.org. You can see all their work. I saw, I don't know, a week or so ago, um, a discussion of Hunter Biden. You know, there's Hunter Biden laptop, laptop, laptop. I got it. But what's actually in there what are we seeing and uh you reported on the biden administration has to face up to a uh a request to walk us through this i think this is really important yeah well like you mentioned that everyone's focused on the laptop and i think there's a lot of information in there that uh, is a lot of it's already out and in fact my understanding is the vast majority of the information on that laptop's out and that's not a question of what's in there it's just that there's still some people are still clinging to the narrative that it's misinformation what, what america first legal did was earlier this year, we submitted a FOIA request to uh, the National Archives and Records Administration, or NARA, um, which is basically the, the library for the federal government. And we requested that they provide us with records regarding um, Hunter Biden and Burisma, uh, as was discussed during Joe Biden's tenure when he was vice president. So this was obviously pre-2017. Um, this was what was happening when Joe Biden was president from 2009 to 2017. Uh, and we haven't gotten those 
those records yet. They're, they're playing a lot of games as they are wont to do. It's always funny to me, Ed, how the left is always promising the most transparent administration in history, but then they do everything they can to prevent the release of documents. And uh, there's a story out now, too, which is a great reminder of what's going on. Uh, they're, in theory, next, uh, next this upcoming February, February of 2023, the Biden administration is supposed to be releasing um, records relating to other things in the vice president's office activity, but also any mentions of Hunter Biden and Burisma. And what's really what's really interesting about this is that uh, we were told I, I find this funny, Ed, because how many times were we told by Jen Psaki? How many times have we been told by Green Jean-Pierre? Uh, Hunter Biden was never a federal employee. His business dealings were not on official radar. We don't really know what was going on. It was none of our business. And yet now we're hearing discussions that the White House may withhold documents that specifically address Hunter Biden and Burisma from Joe Biden's time as vice president during the Obama administration. And that raises a ton of questions. Does the do do do, I hate to do this, but do you know there's something there or you think there's something there or there's reports? What what is it? uh, And and if I can say who else is asking anybody? I don't know if anyone else is asking, and we certainly are. I'll tell, I can only speculate here, but my theory is that there's a lot more knowledge about uh, Hunter Biden's business activities um, by Joe Biden, both now and then. Um, in fact, I would go so far as to say that the reason they're they're contemplating withholding all this information is because it shows like basically active use of the office of the vice president and official machinery and taxpayer dollars, by the way, to run Joe Biden's crime family's business deals. Uh, I don't actually think Hunter Biden is the mastermind of anything. I say that respectfully. I think he might just be part of the Biden crime family making money. And he was in the private sector. So he was the face of a lot of these engagements. You know, that from reading a lot that's in the public domain, that's already open source, that he's the guy who's all over the world uh, sealing business deals. But based on what we learned during the uh, before the 2020 election, um, we know full well that the big guy is involved. <laughs> we know full well that he's making money off of this. We know uh, Hunter Biden has lamented in the past that he, a lot of his income goes to his dad. Um, and so I think a lot of what we would see in these documents is just raw, illegal use of the office of the vice president for managing business deals. And I just don't think they want that to come out. Uh, we're talking again with uh, John Zadrozny uh, over at America First Legal, AFLegal.org. Uh, check it out there. He's a deputy director of investigations. Uh, when you saw and see so much money being spent in uh, the Ukraine, uh, you know, and when you see uh, President Zelensky come and, and be treated like, uh, I don't know, like he was, I don't know, like he was president of the United States. I mean, y- y- you know, again, it's not your, your gig is to dig into this and get the data, get the information and all, but you must shake your head and say, my goodness, like it, it, if you had a half a, a conflict of interest uh, in this or appearance like it, it, it there is, it, you'd, you'd expect a different kind of treatment. Well, I, I agree, Ed. I'll tell you what, there's another dimension to this since you mentioned the Ukraine funding. It, you know, we had to endure an impeachment where Donald President Donald Trump made a phone call to Ukraine asking them to take corruption seriously, and that was worth six months of our lives. Um, what I think may also be happening is that there's probably some documentation regarding all of these business deals with, with the Ukraine government, with other governments around the world, probably also the Chinese communist government. Uh, and what that will show is, is an extreme amount of vulnerability. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me too, if a lot of that stuff has been called in. Right. Mm. And it's worth asking is the reason why we, we are giving 11 bajillion dollars to Ukraine without right. any sort of restraint, a payoff for all of those goodies. Right. From before. right. Exactly. That, 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 that's how it feels. I mean, I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying that's how it feels. Right. 
Right. Well, the, yes. But again, Ed, the point is, if it's if transparency could solve this problem, if that's not what ha- what's happening, say, I want the public to scour my vice presidential records. You're going to see there was no smoke there. We're all on the up and up. If they withhold it, uh, that raises a lot of flags and it will really sort of raise that specter of being leveraged. One other thing, too, Ed, just on a legal note, uh, they, they will probably try and use uh, what's called executive privilege. Um, but executive privilege, for what it's worth, is a very narrow concept. It's designed to allow a president to obtain um, candid, unfiltered advice from advisors without the advisors having the risk of public exposure. Right? You and I can understand that uh, if we were asking a handful of people for advice, but they knew it was going to be released to the public uh, or was be known to a wide circle of people, that they might not give the same advice. Right? The only way you're going to get the unvarnished truth from someone in your circle is if you know their information is going to be held tight. Um, so it's a very limited reason for withholding documents. If they invoke executive privilege, they're, they're either doing so incorrectly and illegally. In other words, those documents are not privileged in any way, shape, or form. Or if they are appropriately used, it raises another question. It means that the Obama administration, through the office of the vice president, was making decisions based on conversations that involved Hunter Biden and Burisma. So they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place, Ed. If executive privilege is validly applied, it means this was an intricate part of official decision-making. If they're applying it and it's not validly applied, it's not validly applied and it shouldn't stick. So I'm curious to see if they play this card in February and what happens in terms of litigation after that. Uh, John Zadrozny is our guest, Deputy Director of Investigations for America First Legal. Again, uh, if you go to aflegal.org, you'll see all their different stuff. Um, John, uh, in a couple of weeks, um, the Republican House members take over the uh, the um, House. Republicans have control. Um, is this something that can and should be looked at through oversight? In other words, this is something that you've been doing because there's been no one watching the the the, the <laughs> hen house, and so you've been pushing in this way. Or is this something? I mean, and, and I guess what's your confidence that it will be taken up? Well, those are two questions there. Should they take it up? Absolutely, 100%. Yes. And for what it's worth, Ed, I could care less about Hunter Biden's use of drugs and hookers. I feel bad for him as a person. You know, he's a child of God. I pray for him, believe it or not. Right. Um, but that's not the point. The point is, it has nothing to do with him as a person or even really Joe Biden. It has to do with revealing the vulnerabilities of the current leadership of the federal government through compromise um, given financial arrangements with other countries, including countries that hate us. Um, will they take it up? Uh, I I suspect they will. I think we're, you know, we, the royal we, Ed, is going to have to keep their feet to the fire because if you notice, uh, the left has decided they're going to start uh, an anti-investigation movement. Um, it's uh, it's going to be well-funded. It's got a lot of foreign money flowing in, I'm sure, probably from the communist Chinese also, uh, to sort of intimidate witnesses and engage in other conduct. Now, we're going to be, we're going to be part of the group that's vocally saying uh, that's illegal, and we're going to encourage Congress to take a hard look at the illegality of any attempt to obstruct a congressional investigation. But I think if Congress takes its role seriously, understands the importance of this, um, uh, they will do this. And I think they will. I think you've got enough members who are not going to be intimidated. They're not going to allow this type of behavior to exist. They understand the importance. Again, it's not about Hunter Biden. It's not even about Joe Biden. It's about showing the vulnerability of the current executive branch to corrupt, to bribery, blackmail, and so on, and raises a lot of questions about why things are being done. The American people deserve to know this uh, because... This is our government. Every one of these people works for us. Every dollar that pays their salary comes from us. And uh, they owe us answers. 
Well, I, I agree with you, and I think um, I'm glad that, as I mentioned uh, uh, multiple times, American America First Legal is uh, pushing. You know, there's a lot of people talking, um, and it takes a lot of effort, a lot of t- effort and time and, and legal costs to do it. So, uh, again, if you go to aflegal.org, uh, you can uh, find out more. Lots of things they're doing. John Zadrazny has been our guest, Deputy Director of Investigations. Thank you, John, as always. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, and we'll talk again, uh, I'm su- sure, after the uh, holidays. Thank you so much, Ed. Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. Great. Thanks very much. Appreciate that. All right, guys, we'll take a break. I'll put up on social media a link to uh, uh, that story as well as to aflegal.org. I'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Promark Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Conservatives, moderates, and even some who would claim to be on the left support the important work being done every day by law enforcement. However, President Joe Biden and the Democrats in Congress have interfered with necessary local police work and thereby unleashed drug-related crime around the nation. As Donald Trump said at a rally in Ohio, We all agree we've got to stop crime. Let our police do their job. We should deport every illegal alien that Joe Biden has unlawfully allowed to break into our country. Trump continued, drug cartels have seen their revenue skyrocket under the Biden administration. He went on, Democrats will defund the police. Republicans will defund the cartels. In office, Trump threw illegal gang members out of our country by the thousands. Referring to the Central American countries from where these gangs come from, Donald Trump said, we've got to get countries to take them back after they initially refused. In that same speech in Ohio, Donald Trump recounted that MS-13 gang members in Massachusetts lured a teenage boy to a playground by pretending to befriend him and then stabbed the helpless boy 32 times to his death. An immigration judge had released one of these gang members into the United States and even helped him obtain a green card to stay here. A drug dealer will kill on average 500 people, Donald Trump observed. The crime wave is caused by drug dealers, and Trump called for the use of the death penalty to stop and deter these horrible crimes while drugs are pouring into our country. Trump went on, we will end catch and release and end illegal immigration once and for all. Those who say that President Trump no longer has his finger on the pulse of the conservative movement have missed the mark. Donald Trump is raising awareness to the issues that no one else wants to talk about, including the vital issue of illegal immigration. If we cannot secure our border, there is no way to implement the principle of law and order that all law-abiding Americans are entitled to live under. Chief among the responsibilities of any government is to protect the citizens of that government from lawless violations of their rights. Let's get back to basics and preserve law and order. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The lines have been drawn, those who support law and order and those who don't. Of course, criminals who burn cities and loot businesses want to defund the police. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles a plan to keep the streets of America safe. Go to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, I- I've got a... Um 
I've got an offer for you, and I've got uh, I've got something that I want to do uh, very much in the next month or so. You know, as the holidays come around, and by the holidays I mean the great Christmas, as well as of course uh, New Year's and all. But also, uh, kids are home from school, uh, schedules a, a shift a bit. Um, I I end up with a goal of trying to read more books, read more books. And so, what I wanted to ask you to consider is. Send me your recommendations on books to read. Now, I do want your recommendation on books to read, but I also want um, you to send me, you know, not not the books you want me to read that are um, from, uh, you know, your childhood or something. I, oh, well, those recommendations are fine, too, but especially new books, new books. And let me explain why. Over the past four or five years, as I've done this radio show and the podcast that we turn it into, I have become more and more convinced of the incredible power and the incredible um, uh, persuasive nature of books. Now, I knew that before because I love books, but I, I, I came to know it in a different, a new way. And here's, here's why. A lot of publishers, the ones that I really like and respect, and I'm going to go through a few of the names, um, they're being creative about the books they're publishing. Right, they're publishing shorter books, longer books, different authors. They're uh, using the ebook format and audio books a lot, and there's just an incredible number of authors. And when someone, and I encourage you, if you think you're an author, if you're saying I might have a book in me, when you go to write a book, it it sort of forces you to clarify what you think, and it's always, always helpful, in my opinion, helpful for the writer, helpful for the reader. It doesn't make it easy, by the way. It doesn't make it easy at all. Writing is really hard, really, really hard for most people. I mean, some people say they're good writers and easy writers. I, I never really believe it. They may be ex- uh, experienced writers and therefore have a, a facility for it. They know what works for them and their voice, but still hard work. I remember the late Phyllis Schlafly for whom I worked, and she wrote, I think the title, the total was over 32 books. Uh, her columns and essays she wrote for about 50 years every week. Every week she would write a column between 600 and 800 words, I think. And and when she would write them, I would see her working on them on Sunday night for present presentation to the editor and the publisher on Monday. And she would just talk about how hard it was to write in, in and get ready for going forward, get you know, looking forward. And so I just want to encourage you. And so here's a couple of the authors. Uh, you've heard me talk to uh, the guys at Regnery, Regnery Publishing, which is a part of Salem. And there's a guy named Tom Spence, who is the top guy over at uh, Regnery Publishing. And he's talked to me. We had a long conversation, uh, I don't know, six months ago, about how powerful and how different the industry was for him. And he'd been in the industry for decades, seeing what was really working, meaning what people wanted to read. And in particular, uh, he works with um, Regnery, which is uh, owned by Salem Media. He said the the uh, the titles that were about uh, uh, Christian, uh, not just apologetics, but politics, were having a real interest. Anyway, wonderful guy, fascinating guy. Regnery's over there. Al Regnery, whose I think father or grandfather uh, founded Regnery, and Al ran it for a while. He started a nonprofit with another guy named Eric Campman, and and those two guys call it. It's it's, it's a nonprofit. Because they're being creative about how they can get the system to work. They're not in it. They're both at the uh, sort of um, latter part of long careers in the business. And it's called Republic Book Publishers. And it's been fascinating. Um, it's got a book. It's got a book. Um, Brandon Weikert on space is over there. It's been, he's been an, an eye opener for me. It's all he's all, they also have uh, in their Republic Book Publishing. They have um, 
the lieutenant governor of North Carolina has got his memoirs. Hey, extraordinary. Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Zaccardi over at Post Hill, publishing creative guys. Uh, Humanix, you know, Humanix has published a bunch, especially of uh, David Horowitz and then creative Tony Lyons. He's one of the guys that I've listened to a lot on my show. And he's at Skyhorse, of course, and on and on and on. There's a bunch of, there's a lot of them. There's, uh, there's uh, a, a one, a publisher, Perucci, uh, Perucci Publishing, a fascinating book. So, and you go on, uh, my friend Floyd Brown over at Liftable Media, he's published books out there. Um, you can make a list, and especially, of course, the famous ones. You've got um, Kimball, Roger Kimball at uh, Encounter. Adam Bello runs Bombardia. Um, and, you know, you could go on and on and on. And, uh, Sophia Institute, I'm looking at my list, Sophia Institute Press. Has been extraordinary. Moody Press does some great books. But my point is, you send me, my my proposal to you is, send me your recommendations. If you have a book, and, and, uh, and let me say this, one of the greatest things that's happened in the last 10 years is the ability for people to self-publish. Now, I tend to think you self-publish best when you have editors that join you in the process right and and so you're not just you, you writing it you put it together you put it on you know uh, a self-publisher you got to have people that will critically look at it but it doesn't mean it has to be people in the industry that dominate the industry you know and or did in the past it's shifting and it's been great so if you have a book recommendation you know someone that has a book send them to me send the book titles to me send a copy if you've got a copy or you know if you can and i will i'm going to try to read a lot of books and in the beginning of the new year i'm going to lay out a plan for the first maybe six months of making sure that we are interviewing great authors. And by great authors, I mean authors who worked hard to publish their books. They may be great books. I'll see. But it's it's very, very important and very American and very special for us. Uh, I re- was reminded uh, Ronald Kessler, who's a, a prolific author, um, has been on the show and has been talking about how uh, big media is dominated by a certain number of booksellers and that that is what it is. But sometimes they're not telling the truth. Uh, and I think we have more and more. If we're going to doubt the fake news, what the big media has done with fake news on cable TV, on uh, on, on network TV, you, you got to look closer at uh, the publishing and big media and what they've been telling us for a long time. Um, you know, Robert Kennedy Jr. in his books on Fauci and COVID has done more to lay wide open the corruption of science and scientific publishing, both. So there's a lot there. So send me your books. Send me your books. It's my project for the next four or five weeks as we head into a new year and uh, as we're in a new year. So uh, do that, okay? All right, we got to run. Well, uh, thank you, as always, to Noah Dingley, uh, Ryan Height, our associate producer, who's been filling in some, too. And uh, thank you. And uh, please reach out and send me your titles. Uh, Ed at phyllisschlafway.com. I've told you before. And also through our website. Have a great day. We'll be back. Ed Martin, Pro America Report. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.